Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Infectious diseases specialist Dr. Martha Fulford joins us from McMaster University. We've spoken with Dr. Fulford in the past, and we uh, we, we talked at the time about children and COVID and, uh, and measures that have been taken with kids. And uh, Dr. Fulford, thank you for coming back on the program. I just spoke with... Uh, Anthony Fury from uh, the Sun Media, and Anthony had, Anthony had reported on Peel Region's now-revoked guidelines to place children exposed to a classmate who tested positive for COVID in solitary quarantine for 14 days, which just, each time I read it, I think that's just mindlessly cruel. I, I, I suppose that in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, you know, if I can just go to the fringes of what I believe and what I understand, I can understand the thinking behind it, but I can't understand turning it into a policy. What do you say? I was actually very shocked. Uh, and we've got to remember, this is a policy for children, including very young children, whose only, the only thing that child has done has gone, has gone, is that child's gone to school, a place that we're, we're, we should, that they should love. There has been a possible exposure, we've got uh, a child in the classroom positive, and that child might have been asymptomatic. What we're doing, or what the policy in Peel, which was very overt, but actually a lot of public health units were actually doing this, was sending every child in that classroom home with the recommendation that that child, who is not sick, be kept in a room away from all family members, eat meals separately, and if they left the room, I, if possible, use a bathroom separately, and if they left the room, they had to wear a mask and keep two meters away from all family members. Uh, and this is just for a very low-risk exposure. And the, way, the reason I say it's a low-risk exposure is because we actually know the secondary transition schools has been very, very low. Um, so it is extraordinary to me that nobody at any level stopped and said, well, wait a minute, you can't do this to children. I mean, you can't do this to adults. We don't do this to prisoners. And the idea that, that somehow, as physicians, we ended up recommending this. Well, I didn't, but, but you know, that, that this somehow passed scrutiny. Uh, I, for me, uh, I don't understand how we've moved so far from the fundamentals of, of public health and, and our oath that we all take, which is that first do no harm. Yes. You, uh, you also have a focus, and I was just reading about this, and I spoke with you uh, about it yesterday when we agreed, um, and you kindly mm-hmm. agreed to come on the program, and that is where the focus is and what's being reported significantly in media, but the focus, the information that we receive, and then we pass it on, but the focus has been on the numbers of infections, cases, and, and instead of where you believe it should be, tell us, talk to us about that, please. Yeah, so we're a year into this, and of course, we're in a very, very different position than we were a year ago in terms of, of what we know, who, who is affected, how we treat, but probably most important, bar none, is the phenomenal achievement of the vaccines. Every vaccine that's been approved in Canada, regardless of what people are saying about better or worse, what they all do consistently and extraordinarily well is prevent uh, severe disease, hospitalization, and death. In other words, all of the vaccines are preventing, are doing exactly what we wanted to do when this started, which was uh, ensure that we didn't overwhelm our healthcare system. And that is the most important metric. And it's a bit difficult sometimes to explain. In the past, if we started to see increase in numbers in the community, it was a possible marker that, that 
the next thing we would see would be the hospitalizations of the vulnerable. But with vaccination now and pretty much all long-term care, we're essentially seeing no cases anymore in long-term care and certainly no need for hospitalizations. As we vaccinate seniors, we're not going to see the same risk to the healthcare system. And because of that, community cases, particularly if they're in young people who don't get severe disease from COVID, and this is one of the astonishingly, another very good news story about COVID, which I wish were, were better advertised and better explained. A young person can get COVID, but it's extremely uncommon for that person to get sick or require hospitalization. And it's not that it will never, ever happen, but but this is true of all infections everywhere. There is no risk-free status of infection, but we can certainly minimize it. And so as we have our vulnerable seniors vaccinated, because that is who who is being hospitalized, then the community cases become significantly less important. Because even if you have a 1,000 cases in the community, if these are young people who are asymptomatic, those numbers are not that relevant anymore if there's no ongoing transmission to the vulnerable. And so with okay. vaccination, I think it's critical that, that we take a step back and think, what are our objectives as a society? And if our objectives are to protect the vulnerable, right. then the, really what we need to focus on is hospital uh, hospital capacity. Dr. Fulford, I'm sorry to do this to you, but yeah. I know I'm not very good at watching the clock. That's, that's well known. Uh, thank you for joining us, uh, and thanks for sharing My the pleasure, and thank you for asking me. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.